Thank you for tuning into a podcast in our series, Real Life. Stay tuned for an inspirational exploration of dynamic experiences and insightful reflections on the highs, the lows, life presents. TBS Now Radio brings you engaging content no matter where you are listening to this stream. Don't touch that dial as you journey with our presenter and guest today. Remember, this is a real-life podcast stream coming to you from TBS Now Radio. Stay with us as we uncover faith-based principles and practical ways to make a success of life. Welcome to Real Life with Femi Bioye. My guest today is Tokumbo Adebite. Tokumbo Adebite is a lawyer who graduated from the University of Luton in the UK while holding down a full-time job. She left the UK for a stint in the law school in Nigeria, in Lagos, to complete her legal qualification and was called to the bar in Nigeria. Tokumbo has had a varied background in formal education, having also attended the Amadabelo University Zaria in West Africa. Tokumbo's working life is a varied quilt work with various periods in the Department of Work and Pensions, that's Job Center Plus, the Home Office, in the Passport Office, the Department of Justice, High Court, County Court, and Magistrate Courts, and also the Department of the Environment. She has been working part-time in the National Health Service in recent years, and particularly through the pandemic. Tokumbo Adibite enjoys the cultural heritage of her ancestral Nigerian background, as well as the British culture of the land of her birth. She currently lives in Essex. Tokumbo, you're welcome to Real Life with Femi Dwoye. Thank you for coming. Um... Okay, so Tokumbo, it's great to have you in the studio today. Um, I know that um, sometimes this studio things can be um, a, a little bit awkward, but um, I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time with us. Please share with my audience your early life. Where were you born? And what was early family life like? Um, thank you. I was born in Liverpool, in England, and um, went to Nigeria as a child. Yeah. And... Um, there I was, um, I went to my secondary, uh, primary and secondary school and um, after which I went into Amadubelo University for my um, diploma in law. Okay, so um, why did you choose law rather than um, computer science or um, home economics? Um, I chose law because of my family background. My dad was a lawyer before becoming a judge and um, I was, when I was younger, I was following him into the courts to see the court sittings and I just, he knew I had interest and he wanted one of his children to follow his footsteps. So and you are the favored child. Yes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, somebody has got to be the favored child. 
Um, I don't know whether I was a favored child. I don't think I was in my own family. Okay, so um, what did um, your mom do and um, uh, where, where did you grow up? Um, my mom was a nurse and I grew up in the north mostly okay. uh, before going to Kwara State. Okay, when you say north, which particular part of the north? Kaduna, Zaria, Maiduguri, just most part of the north. This so you're really a northerner? A yes. northern Nigerian? Yes. Okay. At least I can speak the language. You can speak Hausa? Yes. Kariya? So say Inaji. So say. Kinaji in Hausa, so say? Yes. Wow, that is fantastic. Okay, that is, that is interesting. So how many other languages do you speak? Do you speak... Um, Mm. Just Hausa and Yoruba. And of course English. Of course, yes. Okay, 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 okay. So you are multilingual. Yes. Fantastic. So you are a barrister at law. Uh, what stirred you to decide, you know, to um, work full time in government departments rather than in the bar in the UK? Um, it's, it's challenging for my age group as at the time I came into the UK it's very very challenging and um, uh, because of of the challenges I just decided to just do what I can lay my hands on okay so you are pragmatic about your um, your decision to go into okay so who are your mentors uh, my parents, most okay. especially uh, the profession side, my dad. Yes. And um, yeah, the spiritual side, my mom, and okay. both of them. <laughs> okay, so what was the biggest lesson that you would learn from your dad as um, a legal, legal luminary? You, you didn't tell us that your dad was a chief justice. I did say that. I you just said he was a judge. <laughs> 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 okay, so what did you learn from the great Chief Justice Adibite? Um, to be straightforward, mm -hmm. transparent, and um, just be, um, you don't let what people say get to you. Just do what you think is right. Okay, so have your own mind. Yes. Okay, fantastic. And, um, and you said uh, mom was a nurse, she was a matron. Yes. Okay, so what did you learn from um, Matron Adibite? Sincerity, love, just, you know, share your love with, you know, whatever you have, just share it with people and um, no matter how small it is and be transparent as well. Okay, so honesty, transparency from both parents, sincerity, generosity, um, sacrifice, uh, and picking up all of those values. Okay, so now that you've learned all of those values and those, so what advantages have they helped you to achieve in life? So looking back on um, your transition from, say, from um, living in Nigeria to living in the UK, resettling back into the UK because you were born here in Liverpool, um, what are those values? How have those values been helpful to you in your settlement? In your engagement with other people, when somebody has disappointed you, what, what, where do those values pop up? 
Any, exam at, any examples will be fine. Yeah, at a, every given time, I yeah. use the values. Okay. Because that's what I base everything on. And because these values are based on the Bible, which is my... Um, Your faith. My faith. And, okay. You know, you know, when people say the Bible... Um, they, that's the that's what I base everything on. Okay. Okay. So, um are you mentoring anyone? A few people. Okay, good. So, um what are you teaching your mentors? How are you helping them to develop in the areas that they need your guidance and direction? Just to um to be patient, prayerful, okay. and um, just do what they feel is the best thing to do. Okay. Not to follow the crowd or, mm. you know, yeah. And how's that working out for them? Are you, are you noticing any um, progress? Yes. Okay. All right. So, um, now you work in... Her Majesty's government. Uh, hopefully, we will not ask you any question that involves the breaking the official secret act. <laughs> okay, so um, how how does how, how does a young person get into the civil service these days? Um, they can go to the website, the government website. Okay, so yeah. that's hm the uh, gov dots yes. gov dots uh, civil service job. Civil service jobs. Okay, civil service jobs. jobs yeah. Okay, okay. And what is the recruitment process? Say for, do they still have like administ ad, uh, administrative officer, yeah. executive officer, chief yeah. executive officer, or is he higher executive officer? Higher executive officer. Okay, and then um, what is the next one yes. after that? Yes. Uh, senior executive, executive officer. Okay. They have all those things still, still yeah. there. The civil service has not changed in the last 30 years. It hasn't. It's not. It hasn't changed. Because I remember, I remember when I started my uh, working life here, um, I got a job in um, the UBO, as it was called in those days, working for Unemployment the, <laughs> Benefit Office, working for the Department of Work and uh, Pensions. Pensions. Yes. And then people will come, you bring out their card, and you just stamp it. I was an AO. In those days, I think how much was I earning? I think if I said what I was earning in those days, many of our young people would just throw up. <laughs> I hope they pay they pay better now. Um, um, yeah, it's still. I think it's still okay compared to then. Okay, still, compared to okay, okay, yeah. so. They apply for civil service jobs, and then um, how do they progress? Through on the online. Online. Through, yeah. Okay. So, civil service. Okay. So at least they've moved um, yeah. digital. Yes. Okay. Do they have to do any uh, interviews? Are they are they con conducted virtually or uh, now? Yeah. Tests? Now virtually, but uh, before the pandemic, it used to be they take a test online, okay. and they will be invited for interview. Okay. Okay, fantastic. 
What about older people? Say somebody in their late 40s, how can they get into the civil service? Is there room for them? Yes, there is. It's still the same way. Still the same way. Okay, so what initiatives are there to encourage, say, a 40-year-old competing for a job with a, say, 22-year-old? Will the applications be looked on more favorably? Because they used to have um, positive discrimination. Do they have those things still there? Uh, different ways. They've got not the same way, but similar ways of um, similar ways. Not okay. The, yeah, not the same. Ways. Okay. So let's um, let's look at your legal expertise. You know, Boko Haram, Islamic Jihad, and other Islamic um, groups in Africa are causing problems in Africa with this uh, kidnap for ransom, insurgencies and displacement of whole communities as part of their playbook. What problems do you foresee for West Africa and East Africa especially with all these insurgents? What problems do you think is ahead if these things are not dealt with? Um, what? Because um, people are instigating each other, or people they're instigating people through the internet. Mm -hmm. So if it's not copped, then um, there might be war. Okay. So how will this war tr um, transpire? Because Boko Haram, for instance, says they don't want um, people to have Western education. So what is wrong with people just having Islamic education? Or is this not the real objective? They're just pretending that is education that is the issue. Because if education is the issue, there are lots of places in uh, West Africa that only do Islamic education. And yet these people still kidnap people from those schools. They've been brainwashed. That's what I can say. They've been brainwashed. And it's like some people just like... Um, to to create instability in the country maybe for different reasons okay and um they influence people with what instead of teaching people the right thing they yes. sell to them you know what it is propaganda yes okay yeah. Okay, so how do you think um, the governments of these nations, what do you think they should be doing, the leaders should be doing to take charge? Because they are not in control at the moment. There should be awareness in everything, mm -hmm. in every, you know, organization, places of work. I think there should be awareness of these propagandas going on and yeah. um, what's people can see on the internet. There should be awareness and um, they should... Uh, Do you think they should be monitoring what um, is going on um, on WhatsApp, um, on Signal? What are the other um, channels that, uh, social media channels people are using these days? Telegram. Telegram, yeah. yeah uh, Instagram, all this. Instagram, Twitter, yes. and stuff like that. So, if somebody is 
getting a negative message. What do you think should be done to their accounts? Should be bound or closed or like for example the th that's the example I always use um the United um Arab countries. Yes. You cannot use WhatsApp to call. You can send messages but you cannot use it to call in their mm -hmm. countries. And they've tried to they've bound it so that you cannot call. Okay. And if that's done, it can minimize all these propagandas going viral. Well, what about the freedom of liberties? As a as a member of our esteemed legal profession, aren't people going to cry that their liberties, personal liberties, are being taken away? Yeah. Um. Or they should be controlled. I should say, actually. They okay. How do you control without being unfair? There should be laws. Okay, okay. We're going to go to a break. Okay, and when we come back, we're going to be looking um, a bit more into um, your experiences of healthcare because one of the most interesting things that has been happening within the last um, 18 months is that we have now found ourselves in a pandemic and you have been on the front line of this pandemic. And we would like to really understand what's going on. Okay. You've been listening to Real Life with Femi Bio. My guest in the studio today is Tokumbo Adebita. We'll be going to a break. And after the break, we will be looking at the pandemic. Please get your coffees, get your teas. Don't go too far. We'll be right back with you right after this break. <laughs> You are tuned in to a radio stream from TBS Now with Femi Ibiwaya. Inspirational, engaging, uplifting radio. Don't, don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Real Life with Femi Ibiwaya. My guest today is Tokumbo Adibite. Tokumbo, welcome back to Real Life with Femi Ibiwaya, Tag Community Voice Radio. Thank you. So, Tokumbo, please share your experiences with my audience of how the delivery of healthcare has changed in the last two years? Um, it has changed you know, tremendously um, in the sense that you can't walk into the surgery anyhow. You have to call and um, you have to be triaged before you speak with the doctor. And once you speak with the doctor and they think you don't need to come in. They prescribe for you on the phone and you go and pick up your prescription at your um, selected um, uh, chemists. Isn't that a little bit dangerous? I mean, the doctors are prescribing without actually seeing. Uh, seeing. So I've got, I've got, let's assume, not me. But somebody has got a mole on their leg. I mean, how do they effectively describe that to the doctor? And the doctor can see and know that that is the right, you know, prescription. Isn't this a little bit of um, stabbing in the dark? Um, I'm not sure, but because I'm not clinically trained. Okay. But um, what they do these days is. Um, while triaging, they 
there's this um what's it called um they call it ox oxylux or something like that is it's a machine it's a machine that mm. they can they can see the patients okay so even anything that the patient has any complaints the patient has they can they can uh, call the um, patient and uh, talk them through the patient will talk them through what they've been going through the pains they've been going through and they can it's, see it through the um it's a video is it a video link it's a video link but okay. it's called something else i don't okay I can't so let's that. assume this machine exists um and it's called that um how does the machine see the patient they've is yes. it through a mobile phone? Yes. So the patient will take their mobile phone. Yes. And then what do they do with the mobile phone? Oh, uh, what during triaging, the doctor will tell the patient that they will send a link to them. Okay. Once the link is sent to them on their mobile phone. Yes. Then they. So can. they click on the link. Yes. Okay, and then the link opens up something on their mobile, mobile phone. Mobile phone, yes. And then they use the mobile phone to now speak with the doctor. Speak with the doctor and. Um, they can now say, okay, this place, show me, point the mobile phone at the place, and then the doctor can look at it, press it. Yes. And if pus comes out of it, then it, <laughs> I'm if, just joking. No, no, no. <laughs> the, if the doctor is not to, if the doctor feels the patient needs to come in, yes. the patient will come in. Okay. They will tell the patient to come in. Okay. If they, if they think um, they can't really examine the patient. Ah, Okay you know thoroughly through the phone then they will tell the patient to come in well that is an advantage for the doctors isn't yes. it because now um some doctors have gone to prison okay no names mentioned yeah because a patient that they were examining alone in their office claimed that they did something to them yes. and the doctor didn't have a camera in this in the um, examination room and could not effectively de defend themselves and they were either sanctioned suspended or even jailed so with this new technologies are we saying that these technologies because of the pandemic now provides greater protection to the doctors yes. as a as an on on scene on prepared benefits Yes, but even before the pandemic, yeah. um, there's this thing called, they call it chaperone. Okay, chaperoning. Yes. Okay. If you want to see the doctor and the doctor is not, is either of you are not satisfied seeing the doctor alone or seeing the patient alone. Okay. That's where we come in, we chaperone. Okay, so you are chaperone, medical yes. chaperone. Yes. Okay, okay. So <laughs> what is, what is chaperoning like? Um, to be honest, I don't like it. It's not pleasant <laughs> because you're just there doing nothing and the doctor is doing, you're doing something. something. You're providing security. <laughs> <laughs> that's a posh, posh security for the doctor. Yeah, the doctors are, that's the, the, the way I see it is the doctors are trained to do what they're doing. I'm not trained to see people's, you know, whatever they, they come up with. I'm, I'm not trained to do that scientifically but you're so, trained you're trained to spot a lie you're yes. trained you're trained to defend um to provide a an honest account 
of what actually went on there. Yeah. And you are also a legal luminary <laughs> in in the place. So that is that is advantageous. Okay. So, what digital tools apart from the um, that specialist machine um, are the doctors using nowadays for consultations? Is it just over the phone? Do they use things like Zoom? Microsoft Teams? No, except for meetings. Oh, for internal meetings, yes, yes. but not for patient um, no. consultations. No. Okay. The pandemic has brought a lot of uncertainty and financial shock, leading to a lot of people falling ill with mental health. Some of it could be abused at home as well. So, what support is out there to help this group of vulnerable people? Um, it can be found online. There's um, like Citizen Advice Bureau or speaking to the doctor surgery themselves. Yeah. And you can tell them what you want, you know, you're experiencing. Okay. And um, So if I went on Citizen's Advice Bureau, what would I type into the browser to, to get uh, medical help? Um social social or mental or any something to do with um, stress yes okay coping with stress coping with stress okay coping. so so i type in coping with stress in yes. uh, citizens advice bureau how will it lead me to the gp surgery would i need to make an appointment to go into cabs sorry cabs is citizens Citizen advice bureau. Mm. yeah um the social aspect goes to the citizen advice bureau, but the yeah. mental aspect is the surgeries itself. Okay. And there's some social prescriber. Okay, we'll leave, we'll um, give a, a, a referral. Yes. To the GP surgery. To the social prescriber. The, this, yes. The GP surgery would... Um, Whoever you speak with, yes. will give you will signpost you to the right service. Yes. Okay. So let's assume that we have um, a, a lady whose um, whose eyes have turned blacker since the pandemic started because she's now becoming a a punch. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. So she's now in, involved in boxing, but she doesn't throw any punches. Okay, and she has black eyes, and that is stressing her because obviously that is um, that is very stressful. We're talking about domestic abuse. Um, how how can such a person find support today, and where do they need to go for help? Um, still, the surgery and the surgery will. Um, signpost them. There, there's some people that deal with that, and um, that's the social prescriber. Mm. They talk to them and listen to whatever they've got to say, and then the social services they okay, get so they get the services. social social services involved. Okay, so the, regardless of what the age, whether it's a um, young person or an older person still social services yes. where does the police get involved yeah they, except the the patient involves the police well so are there 
cases where the patient refuses to involve the police. They've got two black eyes and they've, they've been injured on their, they've got wells, welts on their arms and their legs and they're telling you they fell down the stairs. I mean, how do you break the circle of violence where people are reluctant to shop the perpetrator? Um, there's something we call um, um, the people because people don't speak up. Mm -hmm. You need to you need to try and probe them more to find out what is happening. Okay. Yeah. So let's assume they they say okay. Um, he gave me a black eye, and uh, he almost broke my leg. What is the next stage? They should be removed immediately from the place. Okay. And that will now involve the social services. Okay. So who removes who? Do they remove the perpetrator or do they relocate the family? Put her in a shelter? Put the, the, the victim in the shelter or... What about the children? If the children are involved, then it's the social services again. I don't know... Okay, let's move, let's move on. On that side. Thank you, thank you very much for that. Okay, so you've been on the front line as a key worker from the start of the pandemic. Please tell my audience what your work in the NHS involves. You've already told us about chaperoning. Yeah. So we want to know about the pandemic side. Um, we get the PPEs ready for the clinicians. Okay, so personal, protective equipment. equipment. Okay. Yeah. We get it ready for the clinicians. We get the um, list of people. Surgeries gives us the list of their patients to be vaccinated. When you say we, who is the we? Um, the team, the administrative team. Okay, so you have an administrative team. Is it the administrative team of the surgery or is it an NHS specialist group? There's a, a, an organization. It's like a... An agency that took the contract from the um, NHS. NHS. So an agency now has our information, or are they NHS people? They are NHS people under contract. Yes. Uh, do they are they all sworn to the Hippocratic oath? Um, Is it run by doctors? Yes, it's run by and consultants. Doctors. Yes. Okay. Do we have any private jewel like um, some? very very smart businessman that is not a clinician that is running any of these organizations not that i know okay so they're all nhs people yes okay so we, our information is safe with them of course okay and it's managed under the nhs yes. rules and regulations yes okay that's good we are still private okay so please share with my audience what a typical day in a covid vaccination center looks like very tedious Ah, okay, tedious. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, for when they we get um, what's it called the list of people to be vaccinated from the from the surgeries. Is that every day, or do you get it like in a batch for a month? No, it's not every day, but specified dates. Okay, so because maybe two or three times a week. Yes. Okay. Because we have to keep it in the refrigerator. Okay. Yeah. You mean the vaccines? 
Yeah, the vaccines. Or the people? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just joking. Okay, sorry, sorry. Okay, so, how many vaccines will be typically administered in your vaccination center every day? Every day, at the initial stage, we were doing at least between one five and 2,000 every day. 2,000 people? Where are you getting them all from? Different. From surgeries, really. How, how long has this been going on? We started in December. Okay, so... Towards the end of December, I think, um, actually, 28, 29, yeah. 29th of December. So, how many vaccination centers, just roughly, are in Essex? Um, roughly about... In excess, though, I would say in my side here, or you know, is that South Essex? Yes, South Essex. Okay, so let's talk about South Essex now because, okay, how many vaccination centers? About six. So we got six, and then we got North Essex. Yeah. So let's assume another six yeah. or so. so. So about 12 vaccination centers, yeah. maybe. Okay, so you do like 2,000 a day yes. per vaccination center. Per vaccination center. Wow, so. In one day, you vaccinate 24,000 people. Yes. And you haven't finished vaccinating all of the whole no. of Essex. No. How many people live in Essex? Um, some people work in excess. They don't live in excess, so they get their vaccination in excess. Okay. So, so even people who don't live here can also get the jab. Yes. Okay. That sounds, yes. sounds interesting. Okay. Now... Like homes, okay, care homes care as well, homes, uh -huh. yeah. and other establishments. Okay, so care homes. I mean, some 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 residents of care homes are immobile. Yes. So how are they getting to the vaccination center? Okay, that's we call them housebound patients. Out outbound. Housebound. Oh, housebound. Yes. Okay. Yes. So some of the clinicians go. To the patient's houses. Okay. Okay. So but not everybody comes to the center. No. Wow. That's a revelation. Okay. So if you said, so how do they get about? Do they drive their own cars there or go in ambulances? How no, they drive down there with their own cars. In their own cars. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. And we would have called them. That's our own job now. We would have called them to tell them when the clinicians are going there. Okay. Yeah, and um, so, because some people will not open their doors to anybody. Okay. So, so in terms of um, how, because um, everybody is always talking about um, the environment, how this transportation around does a doctor go to one area and then come back to the um, vaccination center and then go to another area and then come back? Or do you tend to organize it in such a way that they cover Foxtrot Street and then Caledonian Highway and then they cover this particular area so that they can maximize the number of patients um, in a particular area on a given day? Yes, we go by postcodes. Okay. And... Um... And that's why we have to call first to say we prepare them from, you know, the maybe two days before to tell them 
the, the clinicians will be coming down to see them. Yeah. And um, they should expect us. So then an hour before the clinicians get there, they will call again because some of these husband patients don't pick up their phone. We have to call their relations. Okay. So some relations want to be there when they're being seen. Okay. So we give so them. So they will know which side they jab them. Whether they jab them on the leg or jab them on the head. <laughs> okay, fantastic. So have you seen anyone have a bad episode to being vaccinated? And what and what what typically would happen in those circumstances? Uh, fortunately, I have not, but um, have heard of cases and. Um, all sites hmm. they're always doctors and um nurses and other clinicians they like pharmacists and other clinicians they and before you can be vaccinated you will have to complete a form and i remember completing the form as well yeah and there you will tell us what you know maybe you're allergic to anything or they will ask you questions in the form and depending on your answers to the form that's the, the answers to the questions that's when you will be vaccinated that's when they will say maybe you'll be vaccinated or not okay. so some people go home without being vaccinated really yeah that's a bit disappointing it is but you know that's why we need um them to con contact their surgery so that their surgery because their surgery is the one that has their history okay so the surgery will tell us those to be vaccinated and those not to be vaccinated. Okay. So not everyone has accepted that COVID-19 is just a pandemic, predictable pandemic, like bubonic plague, like Spanish flu, uh, just to mention a few. Uh, what is responsible for the wide diversity of opinions about this health emergency? Um, the propagandas. <laughs> Where we go again? The same propagandas that propagandists that are promoting uh, Boko Haram and all of those things. Yes. Why do we have so many people on uh, the internet who just spew all kinds of speculation? Um, we should remember that this is life. Life is not human nature. Yeah. So. In human nature there will be oppositions and any in anything there will always be oppositions and these people don't want things to work mm -hmm. so they will make sure they bring out theories that are wrong yes okay we're going to go to another break uh, and when we come back we're going to talk about your faith uh, we're going to talk about uh, how faith leaders can help their congregation to adopt better attitudes to healthcare intervention, especially the vaccine. Uh, we know that there's still lots of people that haven't had the vaccine for religious reasons. You've been listening to Real Life with Femi Biwoye on the Tag Community Voice Radio. My guest today is Tokumbo Adebite, a lawyer and also a professional who is working currently in the National Health Service on the front line of pandemic vaccine administration. We'll be right back right after 
this short break. How did I do this time? Hmm? Well done. It's good. It's good. Very good. You are tuned into a radio stream from TBS Now with Femi Ibiwaya. Inspirational, engaging, uplifting radio. Don't, don't touch that dial. Life with Femi Ibiwaya. My guest in the studio has been wonderful. She's on the front line of the NHS pandemic vaccination, and she's also a lawyer. Talking about it, we tell you welcome back to Real Life with Femi Ibiwaya and Thai Community Voice Radio. Thank you. So, talking about how can faith leaders do better at guiding their congregations to adopt positive attitudes to healthcare interventions? Um, I think um, they should just encourage their congregation member to take the vaccine and pray along. Okay, so what is the problem with the vaccine? Why are people afraid of taking the vaccine? Um, I don't know. It's the propaganda. <laughs> okay, so propaganda propaganda won't stop you from taking a better. So, why didn't propaganda t stop them from taking yellow fever vaccine? That is what I, you know, say to people that um, they they just coming up with all these theories. That the I always use the example of myself. Like, okay. for example... You've been vaccinated, though? Oh, yeah. How many times? I've taken the two jabs. Wow. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I always use myself as an example. Like, um, since I've been to this country, no matter the weather... You were born in this country. Yes, okay. I mean, when I came back. <laughs> okay, you yeah. grew up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, like. came back. Yeah. I can't, no matter the weather condition, I can't take cold drinks. Okay. I prefer, you know, lukewarm drinks or room temperature drinks. Okay. And it's like everybody, I believe everybody is different. Some people take cold drinks. Okay. Well, I can't. Once I take it is, you know, I can land myself into the hospital. So... And that's why I use that example because telling people that everybody is different. Yeah. What is good for me does not necessarily mean it's going to be good for another person. Somebody else. Yes. Yeah. And we're built differently. Okay. And like for my cold, I don't use. I, I use um, Lemsip, while some other people use. You're promoting Lemsip on this on this channel. No. We're going to send them a bill, an invoice. <laughs> Please go ahead. Okay. Uh, while some people use something else, but once I take Lemsip, I'm okay. Benelin. Let's balance the question. Because Benelin people won't like it now. But so, what else do they do? Robitussin. That's another, that's another cold one. And Anadine. Uh, yeah. Um, what else is out there? Night nurse. Night nurse. Okay. So I think we've covered, we balanced the equation. We have plenty of choice out there. So what... I always tell people is um, like when we were growing up, we took the vaccines, and some people got negative reaction. While some people, you know, most of us yeah. were okay with it. Mm. So 
vaccination, I believe, should be taken because the scientists have done their research and they believe that's what can cure the pandemic. Okay, so it's a very interesting that you said that because a lot of Africans, you know, who are settled in Thorok have traveled to Africa at least once or twice in their lifetimes. It is impossible to travel to Africa without taking some jabs or having proof that you taking some jabs. It's also impossible to travel back from some of these zones without having proof that you've taken some jabs. So, why is it now that on this coronavirus one that people are so worried? What is, what is driving that fear factor for coronavirus in particular? Because of the theories that came out. Theories like... Um... 5G. Yeah, 5G. Oh my God. Um, 5G is technology. How does that I don't jump know. into virus? I don't know the whoever brought out the theory. Another scaremonger. Yes. Okay, so are there any websites that people can visit to try and get an understanding of whether something that they are hearing on the internet is a hoax or not? Yeah, the facts. Check Fact checker. Up. Yes. Okay, that's Snopes. Yes. Okay, yes. so so please, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Tokumbo Adebuta on Real Life with Femi Droy. If you are hearing propaganda and people are trying to deny you every benefit, please go and check it. Go and do a fact check on the internet. It's not everything they tell you that is meant for your benefit and that will help to protect you. So a word is enough for the wise. Okay, so, talking about if you could turn the clock back and become an 18-year-old today, you have the social media handles, you've got the mobile phone, you've got virtual reality, you've got Alexa and artificial intelligence, we now have driverless cars. What are the choices that you will be making at the moment as a person just starting out in life? What are the choices? Uh, first, I'll get in the car, I'll get a Tesla and um, get most of these devices and join as many internet um, platforms. platforms, as many as possible. Okay. So, how do you relax, Tokumbo? Um, over the weekend, most of the time. Walk, have a stroll, and um, swimming, which I've not been able to do since last year. But just take a stroll. That's your best um, uh, exercise? Yes. Okay, if you had a bucket list, what would it look like? What would you put on your bucket list? What must you do before you die? Um, do what the Bible says. Um, reconcile with, make restitutions about the bad things I've done and ask for forgiveness.
You don't look like a person who does bad things often. We all, <laughs> the Bible says we have all sinned and come short of God's glory. So I believe we're all sinners one way or the other. Thank you very much, Tokumbo. So we're coming to the end of the interview now. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? Something you'd just like to share with us, something that is important to you, something you've learned or something that um, will be of value. Um, to the listeners I believe people should just um, listen to government um, what the government regulations are and abide with it um, ignore the the propaganda theories I won't say you should not listen to it because it's out there. It comes to your platform, you know, especially if you're in different platforms. You see it on your platforms. Just read it and ignore it. And most especially, talk to God because I believe you, you talk to God in everything and ask God for his wisdom and understanding in everything because no matter what it is God that we all you know believe in whichever religion we believe in it's the same is God even though we practice it differently we just need to talk to God that's my thank you very much Okumo. ladies and gentlemen you've been listening to real life with Femi Buoy on the Thorok Community Voice Radio. My guest today has been Tokumbo Adebite. She is a lawyer. She has been on the front line of the national efforts to vaccinate all the people, and she's been working in South Essex. Tokumbo, thank you so much for your time uh, today, and we will look forward to having you on the program again sometime in the future, maybe post-pandemic, to look back on the pandemic and to see what we have learned through the pandemic. Once again, uh, ladies.